This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. have learned that we must courageously push through our fears if we want to deepen our characters and our understanding of what it means to be human and ultimately live a fulfilled life. Valeria Tellez interviews Dr. Katherine Haber, the author of Fear Less, Love More, What to Do When the Unexpected Happens, Five Daily Choices. Dr. Katherine Haber is a clinical psychologist and has been a practicing organizational psychologist for over 20 years, helping leaders become their best selves personally and professionally. As the executive coach for Ball Aerospace in Broomfield, Colorado, she provides insights through coaching, weekly articles, and presentations on topics related to leadership, mindfulness, stress, gratitude, resiliency, and other pertinent life issues. Her professional experience spans being a coach, facilitator, and instructor in the areas of leadership, team, and talent assessment and development, behavioral health and wellness, and organizational transformation. She holds numerous certifications in personality and leadership assessment and is a registered corporate coach with the Worldwide Association of Business Coaches. Catherine was the keynote speaker on leadership for the Downtown Denver Leadership Program for several years while working as a partner at RHR International. She was also an adjunct professor for the University of Denver's Graduate School of Professional Psychology. Catherine earned her undergraduate and master's degrees from Boston College and her doctorate in clinical psychology from the University of Denver. Catherine is on the board of Wings of Hope for Pancreatic Cancer Research, which partners with the scientists and oncologists at the University of Colorado's Anschutz Medical Center to keep abreast of the innovative research they are conducting to fight pancreatic cancer, the disease that took her mother, father, and brother's lives. She has also been a co-facilitator for a support group for cancer patients and survivors at St. Joseph Hospital in Denver, Colorado. Lastly, Catherine and her family are active volunteers for the Women's Homeless Initiative Ministry in Denver. Catherine recently authored Fear Less, Love More, What to Do When the Unexpected Happens, Five Daily Choices, which is now ranked number one in Amazon's new releases. She is also a contributor to the Psychotherapy Networker and the Elephant Journal. Meet Dr. Catherine at katherinehaber.com. Here is the interview with Dr. Catherine Haber. In your own words, who is Catherine Haber? 
Well, uh, first, Valeria, I just want to say thank you so much for having me today. I'm really honored to be talking with you and having a conversation with you. So uh, thanks so much. And um, to answer your question, I would say um, I am a wife, um, a mother, a sister, a friend, a colleague, and um, you know, identify as a psychologist. I'm a clinical psychologist, and that's who I am. I'm someone you know trying to live her purpose of supporting other people on their life journey. I love that this idea of purpose having purpose in life and that purpose being connected to helping others. I hear that a lot uh, when I ask the question about what's the purpose of life. And that comes up over and over and over again to help others. Well, yeah. And I would say it certainly comes up in the work that you do too. So I appreciate, uh, you know, all of the the podcasts that, that you've done. And I think it it just helps bring to others, you know, just more meaning, uh, because as we know, as you know, uh, life is full of challenges. And so if we can find an, a, an inner purpose, um, it really, really helps with our inner peace and our joy. And yeah, when it comes to purpose, um, finding that purpose, do you believe that we have to go through challenges in order to realize that or that's not necessary? Well, that's a that's a great question. Um, I, I think oftentimes we do, yeah. um, although I don't think it's I don't think it's a necessity. Um, right. You know, as as I mentioned in my book, you know, I I hit a um, a, a really hard time. What I refer to as as my rock bottom when I I lost my my dad uh, to cancer and my sister to cancer. And then I had my own experience uh, with lymphoma with three babies who were under the age of three. So it was a really challenging time and I, um, I didn't know what else to do. And so I, I started to pray and I can go into that uh, a little bit, a little bit more when we talk about my book, but I, I found strength in that, in that, um, in that time of need. And so I started to become a student of faith, I would say. Uh, and I met with my pastor and I asked him that question. I said, um, you know, do people need to hit their, their rock bottom to, to, you know, um, gain, uh, a, a deeper sense of knowing or right. faith and, and purpose. And fortunately he was able to share with me that, that that's not uh, a necessity. Um, it's, it's not, um, uh, the case for all. It happens to be for a lot of people. Um, some people just have that in, innate predisposition, I think, to, to serve others and to, to have the grace to support and have that, that inner purpose without going through some hard challenges in life. Uh, so I, I think um, certainly you can get there in a couple of different ways. <laughs> True. Is, yeah. Another question I have for you is 2020 has been this different time, challenges and chains yeah. for you. What has changed and what insights have you gained? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. 2020 has been a very challenging, challenging year for so many. And I'm a, an executive coach and psychologist. And so, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've really appreciated about uh, working through 2020 
has been uh, connecting with people holistically. So given that that most of us needed to be virtual, um, doing doing coaching sessions through, uh, we use the platform of WebEx, but uh, mm-hmm. through video, you get to see people uh, in their homes and mm-hmm. you learn more about who they are uh, as whole people. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you hear children in the background or animals and mm-hmm. that sparks conversation, um, uh, you know, around the whole person and not just the person, you know, at work. And so sure. I've really valued that. I think mm-hmm. even though we haven't had the, the, connection, the social connection, um, connecting in a different way, in a holistic way, I've, I've really appreciated. Um, and the flexibility of working differently um, as we move into 2021, I, I don't think we'll go back to mm-hmm. the uh, traditional sense of work where, you know, you're leaving at 7 a.m. and getting home at 6 p.m., yeah. I think. Uh, having a hybrid work environment is um, something that people really appreciate. Um, And and I think it allows for um, the connections outside of uh, the work that we do uh, day to day in that we have more opportunity to spend time with our families um, and do other um, type of, have other type of uh, experiences like volunteering and, and um, connecting with friends and family that sometimes that traditional work schedule hasn't allowed for. So I, yeah. I certainly value those things and just value. I think I now appreciate so much more the the time that we're together face to face since yeah. we haven't had that for a year it's very, uh, I know that I'm starting to go back into the office and it's just really nice to connect with mm-hmm. people face to face. So we are appreciating things that we didn't before. Um, yeah, we didn't pay attention before. I love the way you say about a holistic way of connecting. I never heard it that way, this term. That's an interesting idea. And that's, uh, yeah, so true. Podcast is audio only. You just made me think about that. Maybe because, yeah, I have been out there for too long and um, seeing people, being around people, and then I decided to do this this way so we don't have the distraction of the body. Yeah. For me, um, it was a challenge to be judged by the way I look in the the Uh things that I was, I believed in, in the things that I loved to talk about. So I get to do that now, (laughs) talk about deep things and uh, the body's not involved. Yeah, that's really interesting too. I I appreciate that as well. You know, and and it's funny too, because for the last year I've been on video, it's nice just to be on audio. So I appreciate that too, right? So sometimes when I'll be coaching uh, one of my colleagues and it's just the two of us, I'll say, hey, you know what, let's just pick up the phone like we used to do (laughs) (laughs) rather than get on get on the video and look at ourselves and so I do I do Mm -hmm. I I think there's a whole lot of appreciation that we took you know we took things for granted before and talk to me for a moment about spirituality Catherine what is spirituality to you and also the idea of God who and where is God to you (laughs) (laughs) wow you you ask such great questions they're so profound so i would say spirituality for me is um just uh, believing in something beyond this earthly existence uh that there is something larger and greater 
out there, an energy of love and joy uh, that's, uh, that transcends our physical and human reality. Um, and, and that to me is God and God to me is love. Mm -hmm. And and as I say in my book, you know, for me, I pray to, to God and to Jesus, but whatever your spirituality is, uh, whatever works for you, it could be, um, you know, try to be inclusive, you know, could be the divine, the universe, Allah, Buddha, Yahweh, um, just whatever that that higher power is for you can help center, can help center you and and bring a sense of inner peace and calm Um, and a a knowing that there's Mm. just something beyond our physical reality. I think, you know, when you when you have that sense, uh, that knowing you can let go of your fears in this world in this life in this reality mm-hmm. you can let that go because that's one of our deepest fears is is dying sure. but if you know that your your soul lives on then you you know you just have more peace and and that's that's what happened for me on my mm-hmm. journey um and i feel just so much more fulfilled uh and and joyous and have that inner peace because I do believe that there is that higher power, that that spirit, that divine. And for me, that's God. I also believe everything you say. But then what I try to do is to move from a place of belief to knowing, not even trust, yeah. knowing, as you said. So I'm wondering for you, Catherine, when did that happen? That moment where you moved from believing to knowing? Oh, what a great question. I um, I go back to what, what I shared earlier about losing my yeah. uh, sister and my dad and having my own cancer experience. And my, my boys were three years old and my twins were seven months old. Yeah. And so I was just really scared, even though I had a good prognosis uh, because I had just lost. My sister was 49 uh, and she had two boys uh, at home. And so I was just really, you know, scared. And so I started to pray, as I mentioned. And I hadn't been someone who prayed before. I'd gone to church growing up because my mother required her children to go to, <laughs> to yeah. church. But I, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't given God much thought. And so uh, when the the vignette in my book is uh, finding faith on the bathroom floor. And when really I, I yeah. you know, got down on my knees. and. I started to pray and and to get to get through this really trying time that I was in. And it was almost, you know, instant that I felt this a weight lifted. I felt stronger. I my heart rate slowed. Uh, my breathing slowed. And at that moment, I felt a knowing I and that's when I started to do a lot more reading and I went to church more often and met with my pastor uh, on a regular basis. And I realized that this was something uh, that other people experienced, too. And for me, that's when the knowing started. And it's just gotten deeper and deeper as I continue to pray and to try to let go of the fears of this world and replace that fear with love and compassion. And I, I feel when operating from a place of love and gratitude and compassion, that love comes back. And so 
then it's it's just reinforcing to continue to live a life where I'm giving more and and loving more and trying to let go of the natural human fears that we all have uh, and trust in that knowing. And this is something that's very personal, isn't it? Knowing cannot be taught. I know, you know, it's so, Valerie, it's funny that you say that because, you know, one of my dearest friends, I have talked with her um, about this knowing and this, this centeredness and this joy that I have. And I so deeply want to give it to her (laughs) (laughs) and she she, she wants it. And yet, uh, you know, she, she doesn't Mm. have that same experience. I wish we could give it to others. I really do. Yeah. That would have been, um, yeah. I mean, amazing if we could do that. It's true. Mm-hmm. Most of us want um, to help others, but it seems like they have to want to, to be helped. They, they need to sincerely want to know what is yeah. beyond them. So this might take, for some of us, may not be in this lifetime. Um, it seems to me That's that right. it might not That's happen. Right. Fear and love. I heard that fear is the opposite of love. Would you agree with that statement? Is fear the opposite of love? I think so. I also think there are other things that the opposite of love, like hate or um, numbness, I would say, you know, um, fear certainly. Uh, but I that uh, love and compassion is just, just so powerful, and I I think fear and hate numbness is also so powerful. Yes, I I, I do think um, that fear can be seen as being opposite to love. I, I think of love as being very ecocentric. It's uh, considering the whole the community, other people, uh, the universe, and and that is love to me. Egocentric, on the other hand, uh, is very fear-based. It's the need to protect ourselves, right? And when we're in that protect mode, we are not our best selves. We can um, you know, be in that fight, flight, or freeze uh, mentality, that stress position where our uh, neurochemicals of norepinephrine and cortisol and adrenaline are kicking in and we feel the need to protect ourselves and we act in unhealthy ways. We can, and so that fear-based behavior, that egocentric behavior, I think is really unfortunate. And if we can allow ourselves to operate more ecocentrically and choose as a choice, mm-hmm. as I say right. In, right. in my book, you know, we choose yeah. how we want to show up each day. And if we can be more holistic and think about others, not just ourselves, then our other neurochemicals of dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, those are emitted and those feel good chemicals are felt by our people around us and then their neurochemicals are released as well. And again, that's, you know, physiological state as well as an emotional state. And I think that that is a way to be in this world where we're, we're trying to connect and be our best selves to other people and have that loving disposition as opposed to that fearful disposition. Never heard that way before too. I've heard, I believe, numbness 
that choice of not feeling anything so mm-hmm. that some of us make. And that might be the opposite of love because from numbness, we can't really feel. So there's no expression of emotions. But would you say that love goes beyond that, Catherine, beyond feelings and emotions, expressions of warmth and gratitude? Would you say something even beyond that? Well, I, I so I think it is all those things that you mentioned, the warmth and the gratitude and the compassion and um, the purpose and the wanting to, to help others and serve others. Um, and and I, we can't forget about self-compassion, yeah. right? I think that yes. that is so yeah. important. Yes. Um, you know, one of the vignettes in my book is, you know, put your your oxygen mask yeah. on first before yeah. helping others. So if we're, if we're not good to ourselves, then we can't be loving and kind and compassionate toward other people. Right. Um, and so, so I think love is all those things. And, and I think there is um, something about that spirituality um, mm-hmm. that transcends love, right? To have yeah. that knowingness, yeah. that faith, that there is the divine. Um, I, I think that component mm-hmm. along with the love that we, that we just described, um, I think is the greatest love. The knowing, right? I love that. Because that opens up that space for understanding, understanding life as it unfolds, the unexpected, the good, the bad, and the challenges. I love this idea that love could be that as well, that understanding that life is everything. The experience of being here, it's not just um, fun. Right. (laughs) Right, it's not just joy. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Tutu in their book, um, the Book of Joy, speak about the difference between happiness and joy. Mm, right. right. Joy is an inner state. It's an inner peace. Uh, happiness could be, like you said, like having fun, going to the movies, <laughs> or you know, taking a, a drive, mm. you know, in your convertible, or um, you know, getting a gift from a friend. Uh, but joy is that that inner peace, that centeredness, that knowing, that love. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. yes, life is, <laughs> as we as we both know, life is a journey and yes. it has so many challenges. There's, there's no question. Um, and it's, you know, how do we respond? How do we choose right. to, to live our lives given the challenges that we experience? And uh, it is a choice. Freedom. What is freedom to you? What is your idea of being free? <laughs> freedom to me means having choices, all right? Being able to uh, truly choose how we want to be in this world and, and how we want to act and how we want to behave. And um, it is sacred. Um, and those choices that we are able to make uh, each and every day because of our, our freedom is just um, so critically important uh, in life. And I feel very grateful for the freedom that we have in this nation. There is something in your book that you mentioned. Let me see if I can find it here, because this might be a good time to ask this question. Um, About not having control, or very little control. At some point, you realize Mm -hmm. that you said in a very interesting way, 
Yeah, as you said, I believed I created my own destiny and used to think I could solve any problem or challenge thrown my way. Mm. So when it comes to choice, yeah, how much control do we really have? Would you say emotions, that's what we are in control of when it comes to life itself and navigating this reality? We are certainly going to to experience our emotions, you know, and we're going to feel angry at times. We're going to feel hurt. We're going to feel sad. Uh, and we don't have a lot of control over what comes up for us, but we do have control over, you know, how we act to those feelings. And so taking time to reflect on what we're feeling is important and to Sometimes people will say, you know, don't be angry about that or, or stop yeah. being angry. Yeah. Well, we have to feel our emotions. We yeah. have to experience them. We can't sweep them under the rug right. uh, because they will come back. But if we can be with them and be mindful of what it is that we're experiencing, then we can decide how we want to move forward. And that is the choice. How, how do we move uh, forward and how do we want to show up as our best selves? And if we can operate from that position of love and compassion, that's where I think we become more fulfilled and yeah. more at peace because we are showing up as our best selves. And when we do that, that feels really good. And then again, it gets reinforced because those who we are interacting with, they feel that love and compassion and they can feel that they are worthy and they are enough and they can show up as their best selves. Um, and so it's just a cycle that can play out in a very fulfilling way that, that, you know, I, I hope will, will broaden uh, in our, in our communities, right? Because there is so much hate in, in, in our, in our world and, our, and, there's so much fear and I can only hope that we can allow the love to replace that fear and that hate. And I think Marianne Williamson said it really well uh, in her book, Return to Love. She said something along the lines of love is what we're born with and fear is what we learn here. Mm -hmm. Right. And our our spiritual journey is to to let go of that fear and replace it with love. And I, I really do believe that that's that's why we're here is to to love and to support one another and help one another. And you know, I, I look I think of it as being on a journey, a continuum. And some of us are further along in our journey toward self-actualization or um, enlightenment. And some of us are, are, are not far along. And rather than judging those who mm -hmm. may not be as far along, uh, showing them care and compassion and, and trying to give them the path to get back on their journey yeah. <laughs> towards yeah. that enlightenment, right? Yeah. They, you might be what mm -hmm. that person needs to, to help them get back toward that state of, of knowing and truth and love and care and compassion and mm -hmm. graciousness. Oh, I do have a question for you. Um, I mean, listening to you is like a song. So I'm just kind uh, of... Uh, so sweet. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I have a question for you about, yeah, the work. A lot of people say that's hard work, really 
hard, tough work getting to become self-realized or enlightened, as some call, or just mm-hmm. getting to the point of knowing that we can make choices, become more aware of the choices we have. Would you say the same thing, Catherine? Is that really hard work or is just um, a matter of letting go of surrender? I think it's a matter of letting go and surrender. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, we're all human, so we are not perfect. Right. And I would suggest that we don't strive for perfections right. since we can't yeah. get there. Yeah. So that, that, that would be um, not so fun, would it? Um, right. But we can strive for excellence and we can strive for, for love and we can strive. And so every day, you know, I pray that I'll have a positive impact on somebody's soul today. Um, and so if you just take it day by day of how can I show up in a way that has a positive impact on at least one person's soul, then it's not hard work. It's, um, it's just deciding and choosing that I am going to try to be there for another person uh, who may need some support right now. Uh, And again, so it's, it's operating in that eco centric way, as opposed to what's in it for me, you know, that ego oriented, what can I do for me today? It's Mm -hmm. not about I and me, it's about we and us. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think when you, when you shift your thinking to other people and acting in that eco centric way, uh, it just feels better. So you're, yeah. again, it's a two, it's a two way street. And so I don't find that to be very hard. Yeah. Um, now getting to the point where I have a deep faith in spirituality that took years, right. um, you know, yeah. prior to get praying, um, and, and having that experience, as I mentioned earlier of that, that weight being lifted and, and that sense of knowing that there is a greater uh, spirituality out there that took work, right? I was more in an ego centric mode. Uh, and, and I am so grateful. I, I, this sounds silly to say, but my cancer was a blessing to me because I am not the same person I was. I feel like I have evolved and I am so grateful for the love and just the love that surrounds me today through my relationships with my friends and my family and my colleagues. Um, I find it to be so centering and fulfilling. And, and so it did take work for me to get to the point of having that faith. And now um, it doesn't take a, lo- a lot of work at all because it's it's a choice on how to operate just day to day. Yeah, so, I, and I mentioned in my book that there are five choices and we've covered um, a number of them. One is faith, which we've talked about. The, the second is love. And these are all interrelated. Um, as you might expect, um, the third the third is prayer. And when I speak about prayer again, I wanted to be very inclusive. And so prayer could be, uh, as I described, being on my knees and praying to a higher power, or it could be meditation. It could be yoga. It could be anything rhythmic. Um, I, I often pray when I run, and it's a way of just centering ourselves, right, and not get. Uh, it's a way of, of calming and, and not allowing ourselves to get caught up in the the rat race of the day to day. That yeah. sometimes we we can get too 
again, ego centric and, and not think about the whole. And, and so that prayer each and every day can allow us to become more centered. And so that is a choice. And, and I, I will pray if I'm having a hard day at work, let's say, I might just take a few minutes to, to pray and center myself and, you know, get ready for the next uh, meeting that I'm having. And so it doesn't, it can come in many different forms. And I think that openness to allowing ourselves to uh, look for that centeredness each day is important. Um, and then the, the fourth uh, choice is, is to believe in divine intervention, which means just knowing that that um, we are the experiences that we have in our lives and the people we encounter along the way, they help us grow and learn and hopefully build our characters. And so if you choose to to think about, you know, we are meant to be where, where we are, the good and the bad, it just gives us more purpose. True. Yes, and the, I love the, that. <laughs> uh, thank you. And uh, just quickly, the last choice is around vulnerability, and I think that that this one is really important. And uh, Glennon Doyle speaks to this in both um, Untamed and uh, Carry On Warrior, where uh, being honest and open and transparent with who we are and the the challenges that we face is really important to helping others because other people want to know that they're not alone, right? We're all human. We all face our, our experiences in life that are hard. And if we're able to open ourselves up to that, uh, I think others find, uh, find it helpful that again, they're, they're not alone. And, and if, if we keep our stories inside, if we, if we, keep our challenges to ourselves, then other people will think, hey, you know, am I the only one? You know, do I, <laughs> is this only happening to me? Right. Yeah. And and yeah. then as soon as you you open up and you and you show your humanness, you mm-hmm. show that vulnerability, yeah. it builds trust, it builds connection. And then others will open up. And that's that's how relationships uh, you know become uh, deep is that connection and that openness and that vulnerability. It took me a long time to share my story, yeah. um, but but when I did, um, it it resonated for people, and I found that it was helpful. And so I just encourage uh, others to, to to be okay with vulnerability. It doesn't have to be you know large big things. It could be small things, but I think that will help build those bonds and relationships and that trust. And that's that's what life is about: is that connection and trying to help other people. Thank you again for the message, the powerful and true and important message, Catherine. And then you have another choice. You call it the bonus choice, <laughs> the gratitude piece. That is yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. It, it was funny. I, I had written the book, and then uh, Kohler I signed with Kohler Books, and um, went b- before I uh, sent in my manuscript, the, the final final piece. I said I have one more choice that I'd like to add because it really is so important. So, uh, yeah, that piece around gratitude. It is something that I certainly practice every day. I, I, I mentioned um, that I lost my my dad and sister, um, my dad to pancreatic cancer, my, my sister to breast cancer. 
and then I mentioned my own uh, lymphoma diagnosis. Uh, unfortunately, I lost my uh, mother to pancreatic as well, and my brother at 51 to pancreatic. Uh, so we have, unfortunately, um, the BRCA breast cancer gene, which is also associated with pancreatic colon, melanoma, and ovarian, I mentioned breast. And so lots of cancers in, in my family, and I have a higher risk. And so I know that life can be short. I know um, that those cancers, uh, I, I could think about those as, um, you know, th- that I have a time bomb or something, you know, that there's yeah. uh, something always looming, but I choose not to, because right. I knew, I know that, that worrying, um, isn't going to help matters. Right. right. And yeah. so I choose every day not to worry. I do, I do get scans and I'm, I'm making sure that I, uh, am very vigilant, uh, with my healthcare, but I don't worry. And instead I practice gratitude. I'm mm-hmm. grateful for each and every day that I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I get a clean scan, it, it does feel like an, a new lease on life. And I try to, and of course I'm human. And, and so, um, it's not always easy, but yet I try each and every day to, to live from that place of love and care and compassion and gratitude and having those daily choices uh, helps me do that. Thank you for being vulnerable. That's what it is, really. So showing up in such a way, because those who have experienced or are experiencing, they certainly will look up to you for strength. And some of us who have not, that makes us reflect, though, much deeper Mm -hmm. about life and appreciate Mm -hmm. everything. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, being healthy now, because that could change. Uh, for yes. all of us, not just in your case, but all of us, yeah. life is Absolutely. Not, not perfect and not predictable. That's for sure. Well, exactly right. And I think, you know, we've seen that over the last year with COVID and yeah. you know, the senseless shooting in Boulder, Colorado, which is in yeah. my neighborhood. And so, yes, we don't know. Um, and, and that's why I think, again, letting go of our deepest fear of dying yeah. and and replacing it with a that knowingness of a greater uh, spirit, uh, a greater love, yeah. is really important. And so, when I, when I lost my mother recently and my brother recently, I had a completely different response to it. Of course, it was incredibly sad, but I do believe that they are with the, their spirits are right. with my dad and my sister. And so that's the way, you know, I choose to believe that it is a choice. And, you know, and if, if cancer comes back into my family or in me, my, my spirit will be one with them again. And so, so I, 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 again, let that fear go and replace it with, with love and a knowingness. And I think that, that my physical body as well. Simple how true it is. Like when we are not feeling well, negative thoughts, the body is just contracts. It doesn't feel right. It feels unhealthy. So it's easy to tell how much thoughts can affect us. And going back to that knowing that you speak of, for you has become actually an experience too. I read in the book that you had, you connected with your Sisters Debbie, her spirit or energy, yeah. right? Yes. On the past life regression mm-hmm. session. Would you yeah. like to talk to me for a moment about that? That was an interesting passage. 
Thank you. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned uh, I'm a psychologist and uh, I'm a uh, clinical psychologist by uh, education, but I've been a practicing organizational psychologist for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. However, one of my really good friends, Lee from graduate school, he is a clinical psychologist and he was studying to be a past life regressionist. And he was getting certified in past life regression and asked if I would be uh, his subject, if you will. And I was so excited about <laughs> it and couldn't wait uh, because I am so open to life after death and, and, you know, have this, this, this knowing. And, and so uh, I was with Lee and he was going through his process of getting me into a a trance state, which he he was doing a great job of. I felt very uh, relaxed in in trance. However, he was trying to get me to a, a past life, which unfortunately wasn't unfolding the way that we were hoping and so he kept he kept trying and uh after about 20 minutes uh he said Catherine I'm sorry this doesn't you know seem to be working would you like me to uh get you out of the trance state now and I said no and then and he was a little surprised as you might imagine and I felt this warmth come over me and it was a sort of red, purple, psychedelic light. It's so hard to describe, yeah, yeah, um, right. but it, it just it, it was it was glorious, and I felt it envelop me, and I felt my sister's presence, and I so tears were spilling out of my eyes, and I have goosebumps as I'm sharing this, yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and Lee said, Catherine what's going on right now? And mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to speak because I didn't want the connection to fade or right. break. Yeah. And, and he sounded like he was in a tunnel. He seemed so far away from me at the moment and it didn't last very long, but I knew it was her. It was her. I felt it. The, I experienced the colors and the, and the light and it, and, sh- and she spoke to me through the imprinting, I would say, I would call it. And I never understood this, but I heard about this imprinting uh, from reading about or listening to near death experience, uh, people who've had an N- NDE. Yeah. Um, in, in, in the sense that the communication is more about that knowing as opposed to a verbal communication. Right, and right. one of the messages that I knew from her was that my brother Cal was going to be okay. And at that time, Cal was battling stage four pancreatic cancer. And so what I, what I knew was that he was going to be with her. That was the knowing that I had that he was going to die, even though he was fighting it. I knew at that moment that he was going to pass away, not die. I prefer pass away, pass away. And his spirit would be with her and my, my dad. And so And Lee and I had not talked about my sister in years, right? So this was, and nor did we we talk about it prior to the session, uh, that it could be a possibility. So we were both just so emotional about that experience. And I was able to, what was so, I think, timely and not a coincidence, was that I was able to share that experience with Cal 
Mm, and right. and that was so powerful for him yeah. because it gave him a sense of of peace knowing that that I had that experience and and I will tell you right mm-hmm. before he passed away I was with him um two days he, he was living in Boston where my brother George lives and where I'm originally from and I flew in uh to be with him in his last days and the a couple of days before he passed, um, he was calling me Debbie, uh, every time I would, I would enter into his room and I thought maybe he was confused at first. And then I realized, no, I bet her spirit is here. And so that was really powerful for me too. Um, and then just one last thing, when, uh, Lee's wife came home, she said to Lee, how did, how did the session with Catherine go? And he described, what happened? And she said, well, that's so interesting because when I came home today, I felt this incredible warmth and um, energy that just enveloped me. And she used the same word of enveloping that I used to describe Debbie uh, in that moment when I felt that warmth and that light and those colors. Mm. So there's just something very beautiful about that. And again, just um, reinforces my faith. Yeah, it gave me goosebumps to the body cycle. <laughs> yeah, interesting. And yeah, how beautiful. Thank you for the for being open, Catherine, to be this um, as a spiritual messenger, really. That's what it comes to me, that your mm. purpose is, it is as a soul. So you're passing that knowing to others and giving them peace. It's very important before they transition, that they mm-hmm. they have a glimpse of the comfort of that knowing that you have. So thank you for doing that, for being open. So um, we are almost at the end. And so you wrote the book. I don't think I mentioned the, the, <laughs> the title will be mentioned um, in the introduction too. But you wrote the book, Fear Less, Love More, What to Do When the Unexpected Happens, Five Daily Choices. So before we end the conversation today, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Uh, sure. Yeah. So I think I'd like to read a, a passage yeah. that illustrates divine intervention or yes. the idea of choosing to believe in divine intervention. And it's uh, so the book is a, is comprised of lots of different vignettes. Um, many are from my life, but uh, many are from friends or family or colleagues yeah. that were kind mm-hmm. enough to be vulnerable, to share their stories in my book. And I'm very grateful uh, to them for allowing me to share their stories. And so this one is called In the Sky. Uh, Back in 2003, when Debbie's breast cancer had returned, I was on a flight back to Denver from Boston after after a visit with her, sitting next to a Harvard Medical School cancer researcher who fortunately didn't have earbuds in and wanted to converse. I was 34 years old, pre-kids. I shared with this man, Alex, that I was very worried about Debbie's prognosis and described her cancer history and her Dana-Farber treatment plan. After discussing, he asked me if I had been tested for the breast cancer genes. I had heard a little bit about the BRCA1 and 2 genes, but I didn't think they pertained to me given that no one else in my family besides Debbie had been diagnosed with breast cancer or the other associated cancers. 
As we chatted throughout the flight, Alex educated me on the BRCA genes and their importance in repairing damaged DNA and how the cancers associated with the gene mutations were aggressive cancers. I told him I didn't think I would get tested, that it all felt too overwhelming. He encouraged me to reconsider. As the plane landed and we deplaned, he was a few passengers ahead of me when he turned around and yelled above the cacophony, Catherine, please get tested. There was something about the intensity of his eyes and the assertiveness of his voice that made me reconsider. And three months later, I did. And I tested positive for the BRCA1 gene. Again, I believe I was meant to sit next to Alex, a Harvard cancer researcher on that flight. If I hadn't met him, I would not have gotten tested when I did. If I never learned of my BRCA1 mutation, I would not have had the prophylactic surgeries. Would I have been diagnosed with breast or ovarian cancer? Would I know to get screenings for pancreatic and colon cancer? Alex was a blessing. He was put in my life right when I needed him most. No coincidences, right, Catherine? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I don't believe coincidences. that. Coincidences. Right. Right now, there with you. At the end, in your book, you have these uh, the quotes, lots of them, and one that I really love. Yeah. The first one, I guess, there is that love is the absence of judgment. Yes. By Dalai Lama. That's so true, isn't it? Uh, it's another practice to engage in. <laughs> no judgment. Yes, exactly. No, I love that one too. And it, it goes back to what I described earlier in terms of being on our journeys toward enlightenment or yeah. self-actualization. And some of us are further along than others. And so for those who might be annoying you or you know, <laughs> might be frustrating yeah. or, or, or testing our, our patients or you have judgment around, yeah. if you can think about it that way, like, okay, well, I'm fortunate that I am, you know, feeling. So rather than judging that person, you know, perhaps again, trying to get them, you know, back on, their path or, right. or, it, it, and if we can't do that, just trying judgment with compassion, mm -hmm. right? You feel for that person that they are where they are or they're doing what they're doing. And rather than judging that compassion can be pretty powerful. Would you like to uh, mention another quote from the Dalai Lama? Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, this is my, this is one of my favorite. There are a bunch of them here, but um, this one is, uh, there is a saying in Tibetan, Tragedy should be utilized as a source of strength. No matter what sort of difficulties, how painful experience is, if we lose our hope, that's our real disaster. Mm. Yeah. I thought that one was pretty powerful. Yes, yeah, losing hope. Um, do you connect faith to hope? Are they somehow interconnected? I sure do. I sure do. Because, you know, again, we have to hope that there is something beyond our physical reality. Um, and, and that to me is having, having that faith and that knowingness that we've been talking about yeah. Yeah. today. And so, yes, I do think that they are interrelated and just um, I mentioned speaking of hope. So I am on the board mm, yeah. of wings of hope for pancreatic cancer research uh, which I, I feel really grateful for. So I've been able to channel the losses of my mom, dad, and brother to pancreatic, and of course my sister Debbie to, to breast in work um, that I can do to help 
trying to cure or um, have early detection because pancreatic, as we know, is a very aggressive yeah. uh, cancer. And so that work that I do with Wings of Hope, again, rather than be angry right, right. or fearful that I will be diagnosed with pancreatic, right. I choose to let that go and replace it with love and, and mm. an opportunity to take action to make a difference and again to try to help others who might be going through something that is similar to the losses that I had and so that work has been very meaningful for me. Thank you again Catherine for being you the expression of the heart Um, that's what what it is sounds to me. Well thank you Valeria that's very kind of you to say. It's beautiful. I do have the last question for you. I have so many here, but because of the time, I'll ask Mm -hmm. the last one. What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I know that life is a journey, as we've talked about. I know that life is full of challenges, but those challenges help us grow and they they help us build our characters hopefully for the better uh, and help us toward toward enlightenment and self-actualization so uh, they are hard uh, and I think we can we can learn and grow from them so life is a journey full of challenges and can be uh, short-lived as I know, with losing Debbie at, at at 49 and my brother Cal, he was 51. I'm 52, and so I know life can be short, and and so I want to you know show up as my best self and and try to give to others, and that really was the whole impetus for the book. I I wanted to. It started out as a memoir, and then I realized. My whole purpose is to share what I've learned full of challenges and try to give that to other people so that they can move through their own life challenges. Mine come from cancer mainly, um, but um, it's, it's certainly not a cancer book. It, it, it speaks to other people's challenges as well. Um, and so I, I, the intent was to try to uh, package up my story to give to other people who might be going through their own life challenges. Thank you for doing that again. <laughs> I've been saying that throughout the conversation, repeating myself, but uh, with that intention, yeah, with that, uh, with that strong feeling of gratitude for your presence in this reality. Well, so thank you. before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects, Catherine? Oh, um, so I have a website and it's www.catherinehaber.com. And that's actually the best way to connect with me. My, my book is on, on the website and there's a contact me. If anyone has any questions or wants to connect in some way, you can get to me through the website. Wonderful. Um, yeah, that's, and, and also my email is uh, Catherine at catherinehaber.com if that's easier. I'll have the website linked on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. We'll be in touch. Oh, thank you very much. It was such a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you again, Catherine. Bye for now. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Katherine Haber and her work, please visit katherinehaber.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.